Hello, my name is Patrick Quay and you're listening to the Digital Rookie Podcast. This episode, I sit down with Nicole Blackman, Head of Innovation and Esports at the Charlotte Hornets and one of the pivotal role players in the development of their recently formed esports team, the Hornets Venom. Building a 2K League team from scratch is not an easy thing to do. There is a lot that went into developing a new brand and this is one of the things we talk about today. Esports as an industry provides unique and interesting employment opportunities and is continuously growing as a great way to get your foot in the door of a sports organisation. Nicole and I discuss the intricacies of the 2K League, some of the advantages esports has over normal sport and the development of the league during the COVID-19 period. If you're getting something out of these interviews, then I'd love to hear your feedback. Please leave a review in the ratings and review section. It's greatly appreciated. If you want to connect with Nicole or myself, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. The links are in the description below. You can also find more Digital Rookie content on the socials at Digital Rookie Hub and my website, digitalrookiehub.com. Make sure to follow us there. I really appreciate all your support and I hope you enjoy my chat with Nicole. All right, Nicole, thanks so much for coming on my podcast and being a guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, Nicole, can you just give us a bit of an insight into your like background and professional experience? Yeah. So, I started out in sports in college, interning like a lot of people um, in my school's athletic department. Uh, moved on from there. I got a master's in sports management. I spent the first half of my master's degree with the NFL Players Association and the second half with the Tiger Woods Foundation, both in kind of like communications, marketing, social media kind of roles. After that, I was lucky enough to get a full-time job with the Milwaukee Brewers, kind of taking on every random project. Technically lived in communications, but I worked really closely with marketing and digital, community relations, pretty much every department. And one of the projects I was given was the Teams app and found I really enjoyed it and happened to see that the Charlotte Hornets were looking for someone to manage their mobile app full-time threw my name in and I've been with the Hornets now for three years. When I initially came on, I was responsible for launching sort of a new revamped app. It was one of the first kind of arena facing mobile app across the major sports league. So we had a fully functional mobile wallet. We did mobile ordering. Um, Basically, we called it your remote control of the arena, like everything you needed lived in there. And as that got to more of a stable place, I was able to take on some other projects, including launching our esports team. Um, So we have a team in the NBA 2K League, um, Hornets Venom GT, and um, I oversaw the launch of that and now oversee all of our day-to-day business operation um, along with the app and some other kind of like tech projects. So, Yeah, awesome. So Nicole, like obviously you've got a lot of experience in esports with the Hornets and I kind of wanted to talk a lot about that today. What is, in your opinion, the biggest advantage that esports has over regular sport? Yeah, I mean, right now it's just like contact is a huge advantage. Um, esports, you know, well, the rest of the sports world kind of had to hit pause. Esports didn't really have to um, because the nature of it is sort of distanced and remote. And I know in our instance, our players were used to doing things separately um you know the 2k league typically they play in new york um and you're sitting around a circular table with your you're starting five on one side and the opposing teams five on the other and that was almost more of an adjustment for them than what they're they've been doing all season which is playing out of their apartments um, Mm. because they're used to kind of playing in that environment so 
I think, you know, right now, as unfortunate as circumstances are, it's been a nice kind of opportunity for esports to get some attention. It hasn't really gotten um, to this point. Yeah. Um, and can you explain just a bit more about how the 2K League work in terms of like how matches are played, the broadcasting of it, and, you know, the relationship between the NBA franchise and its like partnership 2K team? Yeah. So um, there are 23 teams in the 2K League right now. 22 of them are affiliated with NBA teams. So like in our instance, we fall under the Hornet Sports and Entertainment umbrella. So we obviously have the Charlotte Hornets, but then there's also Hornets of Energy T and we have our G League team, Greensboro Swarm. So we all kind of roll up under the same umbrella and most teams are like that. But typically how it works under normal circumstances, each team flies to New York weekly for games. And the broadcast production is very similar to what you would see kind of in an NBA game. It's a very high quality production, um, which is very unique to esports. Um, they have a studio, a full camera crew. We have two broadcasters. And you, like I mentioned earlier, you sit around kind of a circular table. You have your five on one side, the opposing team's five on the other, and you trash talk, get in each other's faces, yell. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot of fun and really um, intense. And unfortunately, we at Hornets Venom haven't gotten to do that yet. <laughs> um, so this season we've been playing um, remotely. So um, – in our instance, our guys are playing out of their bedrooms. Some teams are back in their facilities and they're, you know, playing together. Um, we weren't able to do that. So you can see, like, if you've watched a game, um, they'll show Snubby on camera typically and you can see, like, his bed in the background. Right, stuff. yeah, yeah. That's that's almost, like, more comfortable for them. That's what they're used to, so. Yeah, yeah, they, this, they've been doing this forever. Um, so that's how we've been playing this season. Um, the playoffs start this week and the finals are next week. There is one team in the 2K League, the Gen G Tigers of Shanghai, that are affiliated with an esports organization and not with an NBA team. Okay. Um, we're hoping to see more of that over the coming years. Um, so you don't have to be affiliated with an NBA team to be in the 2K League. Right. Um, for the 2K League, the, the Gen G Tigers um, was more of – it wasn't a financial play as much as it was – there's a huge um, NBA 2K following in Asia. Mm. Um, the game is free in China. They have 45 million players. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah. So it was a way of tapping into that market more than anything else. Um, and I think one of the goals of the league is to really expand internationally over the coming years. And you've seen that um, in the last couple of seasons, they've done qualifying tournaments in Asia, um, in Europe. So I would expect to see more of that um, over over the coming years yeah and i think that's one of the big benefits of esports is it's you can play it anywhere you can connect internationally really simply mm -hmm. and uh it's a, yeah it's it's that's one of the, definitely the benefits over normal basketball um so nicole obviously you spent a lot of time setting up the charlotte hornets 2k team can you give us an insight into the, the behind the scenes of what actually went into the building of a new franchise a new brand yeah. So, um, I mean, it was pretty much like starting a company. We did a lot of research. We probably did a year's worth of research before we decided um, to officially commit. And we decided relatively early. Um, we were very close to joining the 2K League for their second season, um, but we were hosting the All-Star Game in Charlotte that year and felt like we wouldn't be able to give it the attention it deserved because of that. So we decided to hold off a year. Um, but at that point, 
we had basically a year's worth of time to prep um, and had done all of this research. So, you know, initial steps were getting a team name, a logo, branding. We knew we wanted something a little bit edgier than, you know, your traditional NBA, but we wanted it to be close enough to the Hornets that you knew, you know, who we rolled up under, yeah. um, but just a little bit edgier. So we knew pretty early on teal and black were going to be our colors. Uh, we went through like a couple months worth of iterations of logo designs before we landed on our current logo, um, which we are biased, but we love it. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of other assets we had to figure out too, like jerseys, our court, our virtual court. So getting that together and ready. So we were able to kind of plan out these different reveals over the course of you know, a couple months building up to our, you know, draft and expansion draft, um, you know, you know, to establish your LLC, like do, you know, you're really like starting a business and a yeah. brand. Um, and then it was hiring and we went through a couple months worth of hiring processes. Um, knew we wanted to hire a coach and a manager. Wasn't sure if that was going to be one person or two people. And we ended up at two super experienced people that were, have done a great job with the team and we're really proud of them. Yeah, I think a lot of people underestimate how many people are involved in an esports team. Yeah, no, it's it's intense. Um, they practice for you know six to eight hours a day. Um, if they're not practicing, they're doing film sessions. They're doing stat keeping. Like we're doing shot charts, like all the things you do in the NBA, we do them too. Um, mm. So it's a it's a lot of work, and the guys take it really seriously. This is their job. They're getting paid to do this. Um, so, you know, as much as people think like, oh, it's just a video game, like this is a, this is a job for them. Yeah. Uh, how closely do you work with 2K and the game itself in terms of working in sponsorships and those, those kind of things? Um, we don't do a lot of that. Uh, we go through the NBA for most of that. So we are working with the NBA on uh, developing our brand, our, our court um, design and all of that and then they work with take two is the developer of 2k um on the back end to kind of fit that into the game and then we have just kind of like an upload system where we have sponsor inventory so we can you know adjust it week to week if we have a new partner come on so it's it's relatively simple yeah because i think it being a game it gives you so many different opportunities for sponsorships and advertisement and you know promotion mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a cool opportunity for a sponsor. You know, the 2K League is not the – it's not League of Legends. It's not Overwatch. Like, the, the buy-in is a little bit smaller, um, and the audience is a little bit smaller. But for brands, it's a nice way for them to kind of dip their toes into the esports pool in a way that makes sense to them. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I can't imagine being a partnerships person and trying to explain to them how League of Legends works. Like, I work in esports, and I don't totally understand yeah. it because I don't, I don't play – um, but if you've ever watched a basketball game, you can pick up on 2K pretty quickly. So it's a nice way for them to kind of try it out um, in a way that makes sense to them. Yeah. And even just having the NBA brand behind it. Um, yeah, it gives it some legitimacy. Yeah. So you mentioned previously, uh, just a bit earlier about uh, how COVID's impacted the 2K league. Can you give us a little bit more of a detailed insight into, you know, the viewership changes throughout the period? Uh, how fans have started to interact, whether it's been more or less or the logistical issues, broadcasting, how, how has it changed? Yeah. So from like a gameplay perspective, it hasn't changed that much. Like we said, they, you know, they're used to kind of doing this remotely, but from a viewership and a fan perspective, we've been airing games this season on the ESPN app and ESPN two, 
which has been a huge opportunity mm. for the 2K League. And I, you know, I don't know if it would have come about this soon if COVID hadn't happened and they were looking for content and programming. But to see us on ESPN2, I mean, that's a whole new audience that we haven't quite tapped into yet. So, um, and an international been, audience. Yeah, and an international audience. Um, and we, you know, we've been on Twitch and YouTube the last couple seasons and we've seen Twitch in particular grow every year. Um, it's been up this year as well. But the ESPN2 audience has been really interesting. And we, um, we actually just sent out a survey to our Hornets fans to see kind of their familiarity with the 2K League and um, their interest in the Venom and all these things. And it was really interesting what came back was, you know, I think it was like 80% of our Hornets fans knew what the NBA 2K League is, um, right. which is great. And that's yeah. more than I expected but it was only like 50% that had heard of the Venom. That I think ties back to ESPN too, because you know our, our Hornets fans are probably flipping through the channel, seeing what's on, particularly ESPN. Um, and I think you know they may have just caught an NBA 2K League game and you know whether or not they saw the Venom, like who knows. But um, it's been interesting to see, like I think it's really driven awareness of the league and we've seen a, a lot more viewership and um, social engagement and all these things. It's been awesome for them. Yeah. And I even think, cause obviously on Twitch and YouTube, you generally get a younger viewership, mm -hmm. whereas on ESPN, it's probably fair to say there's more older people watching and, and that gives you great activation into that demographic. Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely, um, and it's just much easier. Like my dad, for example, has been watching all of our games on the ESPN app because it's just, you know, that's more yeah. natural to him than like going to Twitch. Like Twitch isn't something you go to unless you really are a gamer for the most part. Um, yeah. And that's been the primary viewership base for the 2K League. So it's been, you know, again, like circumstances are not ideal, but, um, you know, big kudos to the 2k league for kind of trying to find a way to take advantage of it so it's been good for them yeah 100 percent. so i wanted to ask you now a bit more about like the employability prospects that uh the 2k league kind of presents um so obviously people a lot of people want to break into the sports industry what kind of opportunities and experiences do you think esports and leagues like 2k provide as an employability from like an employability perspective yeah um i mean i think they give you kind of every opportunity that traditional sports would give you i mean the the name recognition is not quite there um depending on which esport you're working on i think you know the major ones people have heard of for the most part but um esports is sort of the hot topic of the sports world and i think you know if you're looking to transition from esports to traditional sports like you are going to be kind of a hot commodity, if you will, um, because people don't understand it and they're looking to understand it. And also esports taps into this fan base that most traditional sports are really struggling to reach these days. Um, it's younger, it's a little bit edgier, um, you know, and you see like the average age of traditional sports fans, like the NFL average fan age goes up every single year. Um, and they're desperately trying to reach that younger fan base again. So you know, from an employability perspective, it gives you a lot of insight into saying like, well, we did X, Y, Z, and this really resonated with our fan base. And I think that's something you could do too. Um, and even like from an event production perspective, if that's something you're looking to go into, like the esports event production is intense. Um, and that skill set is really, really valuable. Um, so I, I definitely think it's an advantage. Um, 
I just, you have to find a way to like spin it in a way that makes sense. Um, but if you can figure that out, I think, you know, you're solid. Yeah, there's definitely, there's so much opportunity in, in the esports industry. And um, I know as someone who spends too much time playing video games myself, I'd love for the esports industry to grow. And I think Twitch is a really good platform. And Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and I think like, you're just going to see esports continue to grow. And there's so many different avenues you can go down if you want to get into esports, whether it's streaming or event production or marketing or team management, like whatever you want to do. I mean, it directly translates to most businesses or most sports teams or, you know, whatever you're looking to do. So finding that pathway and really just focusing on it. And I will say with esports, you have to be a little relentless is maybe the word I would use. Um, you know, particularly if you're looking to grow your streaming platform or whatever that is, like you're not going to have hundreds of thousands of followers overnight. Like it's a mm. grind. Um, and I think that applies to esports generally. So you got to really be willing to do that. But yeah, I think ESPN has given us a lot of opportunity. And I think Twitch is definitely overwhelming. I'm not a gamer. Um, so I've pretty much only watched 2k league on there but you load up the homepage and you're like what the heck is going on but that's why you know it's been nice to have kind of an alternative platform that's just a little more endemic to your traditional sports fan yeah and my last question is kind of where do you see esports growing the most what is the biggest opportunity that esports has going forward yeah um it's a really good question i think for the 2K League specifically, I think it's going to be expanding internationally. I think that's a huge um, – that will be a huge advantage if they can – if they're able to do that. There's just a huge international following for 2K that they haven't really tapped into yet. And conversely, I think tapping into the basketball fan base is something that there is a huge opportunity for them. Um, for esports as a whole, I think partnerships are going to continue to grow exponentially, particularly as traditional sports are struggling and teams are looking to reassign assets or, you know, brands are looking to get in on something that's a little bit more predictable, I would say, um, which is crazy to be calling esports predictable, but you don't have to worry as much about the contact element. So um, it's a reliable, I guess is maybe a better word, but I think that is going to grow. Um, and as that grows, you're just going to see esports grow as a whole. I think there's opportunities for regionalization um, that esports hasn't quite figured out yet. Like we don't, on the Venom side, you know, we haven't, we haven't quite figured out yet if our fan base likes us because we're Charlotte or they like our logo, they like our players, you know, whatever mm. it is. Um, and you're seeing different esports leagues take different approaches to that, like Call of Duty and Overwatch have taken more of a regionalization approach and they have cities and their teams are affiliated with different cities and that's okay. what the NBA 2K League has done. Um, and I think, especially as like events pick up and teams start to host tournaments and things, I think there's a lot of room to grow there and grow your fan base through that element. And the last thing I would say is broadcast rights, again, particularly as traditional sports is struggling, um, I think you're going to see more esports on TV or, you know, wherever you watch your content these <laughs> days. Um, yeah. But I, I think that's going to continue to grow as well. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to come chat to me. And uh, I really appreciate all the insight into esports. And I know I'll be uh, tuning into the 2K League and watching Venom a lot more often. Yeah, and yeah thanks. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to help. And um, yeah, thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Digital Rookie Podcast. I'd like to reiterate my thanks to Nicole for taking the time to chat with me. I certainly got a lot from her insight into esports and the 2K League, and I hope you did too. If you enjoyed today's episode, then make sure to leave a review in the review section below. I'd love to hear your feedback about how you're enjoying these episodes. Likewise, please don't hesitate to get in contact with Nicole or myself on LinkedIn. For more Digital Rookie content and to stay up to date, subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at Digital Rookie Hub. I really appreciate your support and look out for the next episode coming soon.